You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. You can take your seats. I've totally forgot what I'm going to say today, but that's all, that's all good. It's something to do with Christmas. Definitely something to do with Christmas. Uh, is anyone feeling festive? Has anyone bought every single present? Yes, thank you. The rest of you, you still got some work to do? That makes us feel so much better, so thank you for that. But I love Christmas. And uh, what, I, what I love about Christmas, the number of things I love about Christmas, but what I was thinking last week, how incredible. That in a couple of weeks' time, the whole world stops. Regardless of their religion or whether they believe or not, the whole world stops and they can't help but recognize and take notice of the birth of Jesus Christ. A birth that actually signals our whole world calendar that 2,021 years ago, in a small town called Bethlehem of 300 people, this baby was born. A birth and a baby that would change history forever. That's why we're here today. And we're going to look at the story of the wise men. A journey that they took, a journey uh, which some scholars argue would be about 900 miles, a journey that would take months. And the most incredible thing in this story is the only thing to guide them was a star in the sky. You ever been on a journey and you got completely and utterly lost? Now, there's plenty of reasons why my wife married me, but I think high up on that list is definitely not my sense of navigation. Probably it's because I'm forever the romantic. It's true sometimes on a birthday and at Christmas. But a few months ago, um, we were about to go to bed. It was 11.30 at night. And I glanced at my phone and I saw a picture of a Big Mac. Now, I'm not a huge Big Mac fan, but you ever see something and you suddenly get a hunger? You get a craving for it. I said to Miriam, I said, do you fancy, do you fancy a McDonald's? And she's like, look, we're going to bed. I said, come on, live a little. So I look at my watch and I've got half an hour or 15 minutes even to get to McDonald's. And I, I run out the door in my pajamas, but I make one schoolboy error. Is I forget to take my mobile phone. I turn out of my street to the right and I realize that there's a roadblock. So I thought, not a problem, I'll jump on the motorway. The only problem is on the motorway, every junction is closed and I follow the diversion signs. Two hours later, I end up somewhere lost in North Wales. I kid you not. The only response I have is I think I'll go and drive to my parents' house in Liverpool. So at 3 a.m. I bang on their door and the first thing they think is, what's gone wrong with your marriage? And I'm just like, no, I just wanted a Big Mac. Long story short, I finally arrive home 10 hours later to a very disgruntled wife without even the whiff of a Big Mac in sight. The truth is, today, every single one of us are on a journey. We've all got a, a final destination in mind of our aspirations and our dreams and our hopes. But somewhere on the journey, sometimes you hit a roadblock. For me, our roadblock happened in March. This year, we were meant to to move and, and, and launch Audacious Cardiff. And in March this year, out of nowhere, I get a phone call saying that my mum's died. And now on this journey, we're, we're, we're faced with grief. 
Surely this wasn't meant to be part of our plan. It wasn't meant to be part of our story. And you know, some people here today, you might be on that same journey of grief where you've lost someone or something or you've lost a relationship. Or maybe on the journey, unexpectedly, you've, you've encountered fear over, your, uh, over your, your family or your finance or, or your health. Or maybe it's just been a journey of, of isolation, of unanswered prayers where you say, God, I didn't expect my life to end up like this. But I'm here, I want to bring a message today of hope that says no matter what stage of the journey you're on this morning, like, just like the wise men, you're not on the journey by yourself. Because I believe that if there's breath in your lungs, then God's not finished with you yet. I believe that the greatest part of your story is yet to come. I've got a simple message for you today because I'm a simple person. And it's this, it's called follow the light. Follow the light. And I'm going to ask you three questions what the, about the, the wise men and the journey they took. And I'm going to read to start with from Matthew 2. Verses 7 to 12, and it says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way and the star, they had seen it when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, the most incredible part of this story, as I said a moment ago, the only thing to guide the wise men on this journey of 900 miles was a single star in the sky. And I want to ask you, on the journey that you're on this morning, I'm going to ask you three questions. And the first question that I want to ask you this morning is simply this. What are you following? You know, there's a, a special life event that happens in our family. And it happens every three weeks. And it's almost like a magical moment for me. It's like a, a spiritual cleansing. And it's simply this. It's Black Bin Day. Now, it might not be black in Cheshire. I don't know. It might, it might be green or what have you. But it's the bin where you can put anything in. And for me, it is like this, this, it is like a spiritual cleansing where I, I literally get rid of the old to make way for the new. And I'm passionate about one thing, how much rubbish I can squeeze into that black bin. And I've been known, I kid you not, to get my, my stepladders and my wellies and jump in the bin, up and down and bin juice, just so I can squeeze more rubbish into this black bin. It's a passion in our lives. But a few weeks ago, got to be honest, a travesty happened. What happened was well, it was Thursday, and Thursday night is our, our big night or my big night every three weeks. It's almost like date night almost. And I go out, 
And I go to take the black bin out and I look down the street, not a single black bin in sight. I'm like, what has gone on? I must have got it wrong. I must have got excited a week early. So I thought, okay, well, my neighbors, they're good people. They can't be wrong. What I'm going to do, I'm going to follow the crowd. 7 a.m. the next morning, I'm rudely awakened to this bin lorry, the black bin lorry, and I run downstairs, but it's too late as I see my smug neighbors casually rolling their empty black bins back onto their driveway. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it was black bin day. The whole street had conspired against me. I'd followed the crowd and the crowd let me down. You know, in life, it's so easy to follow the crowd. It's so easy sometimes to follow the path of least resistance. When I switch on the news and the media for the last 18 months, when we talk about this variant and that variant, it'd be so easy at times for us to, to, to follow our fears than it would be to follow our faith. It's so easy sometimes when we hit that roadblock, when we're faced with a doctor's report or, or, or threat of redundancy or we look at a bank balance, it's sometimes so easy to follow the facts than it is to follow the truth. And the wise men on the journey, they had to choose what to follow. I'm sure on their journey, on 800, 900 miles, there was times of uncertainty. Is the prophecy actually true? But I'm certain of this, that every time they doubted or feared or they were uncertain, the only response they could muster was to look up, to look up at this star in the sky, to remain steadfast, to remain convicted that whatever the cost, no matter how they felt, that they would follow the light. You know, something powerful happens in life is when you look up. Psychologists have said this, that it's almost impossible to think negatively when you walk outside and you look up to the sky. And I love it when science and psychology backs up what we already know as biblical truth. Because in Psalm 121, it says this, I look up to the mountains, I look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And you see audacious Chester when you look up, your heavenly father looks down. And this morning he looks down and he looks at his child and he sees every problem and he sees every pain. But he's saying in this moment, would you make a decision just to lift your head, just to fix your eyes once again on the Alpha and the Omega, the author and perfecter, that would you look up instead of your problems and start to look to your provider? It says this in Luke 21, 28. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. The only thing the wise men knew was to look up. And I heard something incredible recently and it's on the internet so it has to be true. That the star of Bethlehem the star which represented the birth of Jesus Christ, the star which lighted up in the sky. Some astrologists now calculate that the light from that star would have taken 77 years to reach earth. 77 years to light up the sky. In other words, even before Joseph and Mary had their first date, 
Even before the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you will bear a child of the earth, Jesus Christ. Even before Joseph and Mary climbed on a donkey and they were told there was no room at the inn, God sent a light to represent the light, the light that is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. You see, God always has a plan. No matter what stage of the journey you're on this morning, no matter what kept you awake last night, no matter if your children have